Welcome back, everyone, to episode 41 of Life and Lit. This week, we are doing a three-peat author, one of our favorites that we've covered on the podcast, and we're throwing it back to her first novel. So this is going to be Forever Interrupted by Taylor Jenkins Reid. But before we get into it, I'm Sydney. And I'm Paige. And this is Life and Lit. Wow, that was one take. I know. There was no laughing. There was no hesitation. We're getting good at this. 41 episodes later. (laughs) We're hitting our groove. (laughs) It's been a long time since we've had a one take intro where we didn't like laugh or mess up. So, you know, I'm impressed. Yeah, either that's a good sign or we're both just like beat down by life. There was no joy. (laughs) No joy this time. Yeah, but I'm excited about this book. It was... I think this is going to be a fun discussion. Let's put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) I've got some hot takes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know I do. Yeah. And this was one, so we're getting better, too, about not texting each other all of our hot takes and being like, okay, let's save it for the pod. But it was really hard because... Yeah, I have some, I have a lot of thoughts on this one. I yeah. love TJR. I loved Evelyn Hugo. I loved Carrie Soto. I loved Carrie Soto. So it was fun to read her very first novel. Yeah. But you can tell it's her first novel. You can absolutely tell it's her first novel. Um, which is part of the going to be, you know, part of the fun discussion we're about to have. <laughs> yeah. So before we dive too far into it um i will do a summary of forever interrupted by taylor jenkins reed elsie porter is an average 20 something and yet what happens to her is anything but ordinary on a rainy new year's day she heads out to pick up a pizza for one she isn't expecting to see anyone else in the shop much less the adorable and charming ben ross their chemistry is instant and electric Ben cannot even wait 24 hours before asking to see her again. Within weeks, the two are head over heels in love. By May, they've eloped. Only nine days later, Ben is out riding his bike when he is hit by a truck and killed on impact. Elsie hears the sirens outside her apartment, but by the time she gets downstairs, he has already been whisked off to the emergency room. At the hospital, she must face Susan, the mother-in-law she has never met, and who doesn't even know that Elsie exists. Interweaving Elsie and Ben's charmed romance with Elsie and Susan's healing process, forever interrupted, will remind you that there's more than one way to find a happy ending. I'm sorry. Did you hear my cat that whole time? No, I didn't. But (laughs) I have the zoomies and he has just been tearing it up. And I'm just sitting here like, I hope you cannot hear this in the background <laughs> well i didn't hear it but you're the one editing so hopefully I know. that doesn't show up on the recording we will find out because that was a flawless summary let me say usually i'm like stumbling over words but you know well, I, read it. <laughs> I read it from the back of or not the back of the book from the amazon like book description and i'm not gonna lie i almost laughed at a crucially sad part <laughs> about him being hit by the truck. say when he died. Because all I picture is like the mean girls, Regina getting hit by a <laughs> so yes. As I'm reading that sentence, like that's what I thought of. And I almost started laughing and I was like, don't laugh at this part. <laughs> we are professionals. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not funny in the book, but it was funny just how it's, phrased like that so yes well we're gonna jump right in that is the theme of this episode we're just gonna dive right into this discussion you've heard the summary you've heard our initial thoughts and our promise for some exciting opinions and some hot takes so if you want to hear our thoughts and the overall plot keep listening but if you want to read it for yourself press pause here and come back and hear our thoughts later Yes. So when you texted me and said this one kicks off with a banger, 
you didn't you believe were, no you were you were very much uh you're very correct because it starts off with you know the morning when ben gets hit by the truck he is leaving their apartment after you know nine days after they got married to go pick up some cereal because at elsie is that her name elsie yeah this yeah. is how memorable it was um <laughs> at elsie's request so um you know there's some cute little banter there and she requests some fruity pebbles but After about, I think, 30, 40 minutes go by and he's not home, she starts to get worried because they live close to the grocery store. So she goes outside, she hears sirens, and she just starts running. It's just like instincts came over her, and she comes upon the scene. For all of the, like, things that I felt were unbelievable about this, Mm -hmm. this is not because as an anxious girl – I would be freaking out if my husband wasn't yes. home in like an appropriate amount of time. And then if I heard sirens, I immediately would be like, okay, be he's dead. Out. So, and like, yeah. yeah. And so she this, starts calling him. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. But it, you know, it kicks off with a bang and it is sad. Like you feel sorry for, cause I immediately was like, oh my gosh, what if that was me? Like, what if this happened oh, to yeah. me? Um, Which and- one little like funny it's not really funny but I've said multiple times that like once we decide on a book I don't usually like read the back or read the summary because I'm just like oh we're you know I'm gonna read it either way yeah Yeah. but how I got stuck with Stella Fortuna no kidding (laughs) (laughs) I'm never gonna let you live that down (laughs) I know it's fine so for this one I also I don't even know why. I guess I was like just Googling Taylor Jenkins read book. And I thought that I had read the summary of it. And I thought that we were doing after I do, which is about like a married couple that their marriage is crumbling and they like decide to take a year apart. So I just got the title, like the title mixed up with a summary. So that was the summary I was expecting out of this book. Yeah. And when it started out with him, dying i was like whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) like what is is happening and then i realized that it was not the book that i thought it was so yeah i I, that's why i I said it starts out with a banger because i was like this is not what i thought was gonna be see i had a very similar experience because i just put a bunch of her books on hold at my library because they're in high demand and they just kind of popped up i have to read them within three weeks and then return them because you know, there's a waiting list. And I thought the library said I had one true love. And mm-hmm. so that's why I was like, oh, we should do this when you've already read it. And you were like, no, I haven't. But like, that's fine. We can do it. And I was like, oh, I thought I could have sworn she read this one. And then I started reading it. And I was like, oh, no, no, this is a different book. Yeah, because I have <laughs> read one true loves. And I was like, yeah, yeah. perfect. And then this one we both were like wait what we're like yeah so very similar experiences what a coincidence so it goes back to like (laughs) sorry well I interrupted you uh okay we're struggling I interrupted you there because you're right like this is very traumatic obviously like Elsie goes up on the scene she realizes that it's Ben's bike I don't think she actually sees him because by this point he's been loaded into the ambulance, but she's yeah. like screaming, talking yeah. to a cop. But he then, kinda... this is my first like, whoa moment because there was the driver of the truck and the truck was flipped over and wrecked. Mm-hmm. And she asked the police officer at the scene if the truck driver made it. And he said, no. And she said, good. And I was like, well, then okay yeah. Elsie. I'm, See, that... gonna, I'm gonna put this out here early right I was not a fan of Elsie oh same she and we will get into that she is not a very likable character and I'm I keep trying to like stop myself because she's obviously grief stricken and I'm like I don't know how I would act either but I she just does like some questionable either I also didn't really like Ben um yeah I, I didn't 
Well, I kept texting you. I was like, tell me why I don't trust this guy. Like, I don't know. See, I didn't get that vibe from him. I just didn't really care about either of these characters. Yeah. So that's why I was just like, whatever. Hot takes early. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. So. As always. Basically, this is if you came here for a linear plot line, like <laughs> just lower lower that expectation because that's right. not this podcast. <laughs> You're in for a ride. Let's yes. Go. <laughs> so Elsie goes to the hospital and is basically told the same. Like the cop breaks it to her at the scene that he passed away, but she goes to the hospital and they kind of say the same thing. And now she's got like a social worker there with her, and. They're kind of doing what they have to do. It comes time for her to go in and see him. And she's doing that. And then at the same time, she, like, hears this other voice and someone trying to barge into the room. And she's like, what is going on? Which turns out that it is Ben's mother because he has – she was listed as his next point of contact or, like, his emergency contact still, I guess. So Mm – she kind of bursts into the room and they do a whole bit of the like who is Mrs. Ross because obviously there's his mom the elder Mrs. Ross and Elsie the new Mrs. Ross and Susan his mom is kind of immediately suspicious because she didn't even know that Ben was married she's never met Elsie she's heard of her but didn't know that they were married which that's Red a whole other, yeah that's a All whole around. other side plot that's kind of wild And so she's, of course, a little apprehensive and it's like very awkward and tentious there at the hospital because this is, like we said, the first time that they've met. Like she knew that Ben was dating someone but didn't know much about her, did not know they were married, had never met her. So, again, what a banger way to meet your mother-in-law. I can't imagine. No. And so they kind of go through – um meeting each other and it's it's kind of the power struggle of like who's gonna be in charge or what do we do now um but lca you know they're both wearing wedding rings so that kind of seals the deal that obviously they're married and you know why would a random person be there pretending to be his wife so they go on from the hospital and they're having to like make funeral decisions and they have very opposite ideas of funeral arrangements because Ben had always told Elsie that he wanted to be cremated but Susan and their family have like a burial plot and she says everyone in my family has always been buried that's and opposite, actually like what it's, it's the opposite actually <laughs> everyone in sure? the family has been cremated yeah oh. Ben told Elsie that he wanted to be buried whatever well <laughs> I think that's wrong so I flip-flopped it in my mind because whatever Either way, see this Sydney is like, disagrees, so she's rewriting it. <laughs> basically, yes. This is why, like, don't come here for one hundred percent factual information because, <laughs> especially, I, especially when you listen to the books. Or did you listen? Did you read this one? No, I read this one, and oh, I, right. I just finished it last night. Oh, okay. But also, I have the memory and attention span of a fly, so there's that, <laughs> and. Like I said, I didn't really care about these characters. Yeah. Whatever. That's why you're here to fact check and be the voice of reason. (laughs) Either way, they get into a little bit of a pissing match over who's going to handle the arrangements and what they're going to do about it. And Susan finally just says, like, fine, you take care of it all then. Don't expect any help from me. Just tell me when it is. Which, like, the level of pettiness, which I guess if you're grief-stricken, pettiness can be forgiven. But that's not, like, my go-to when I'm sad. No, and I also just can't even relate to this. No. Because I can't imagine that being the first time you've met your significant other. Oh, we're going to discuss this. Yeah. We're going to discuss this. Yeah. Later on. But... So, like you said, Susan kind of gives Elsie the reins for, um, you know, managing and planning the funeral. And this whole time, Elsie's friend, Anna, who 
minor character, but probably my favorite. Um, she's the best character in the book, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's <laughs> there for Elsie. She immediately dropped everything, is staying with her, cooking for her, cleaning, making sure she's okay, driving her to all these appointments that she has to go to so she doesn't have to be alone. She is the MVP. Like, yes. everyone needs a friend like her. But when they arrive to at the funeral home to plan everything, there's the whole there's like another argument over who's the real Mrs. Ross and who has the power to do this and yada yada. And they actually ask Elsie to like prove that she's married. Like, do you have like a marriage certificate? And she doesn't because it was only nine days ago Mm -hmm. um, and they eloped. So she doesn't have Mm -hmm. any proof. And that's like one of her big things is she has no proof that they're married other than the rings on their fingers and like the love that they had for each other, which like ick, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but it, then this argument comes up again. And then all of a sudden now it's switched over to Susan is planning everything. And Elsie's like kind of given in and she's like, you know what? Tell me when and where it is. I'll be there. Like, I'm not going to fight you over this. So like it very quickly then switches back to Susan planning everything. Yes. Which was kind of like some whiplash. I was like, all right, then why was there the original fight? Well, and I think it's because it was like from the funeral home. He was like, I literally like, unless you prove to me that you're the next of kin, I cannot like, you're not legally allowed to sign off on any of these decisions. It has oh, yeah. to be her. Yeah. But you're right. It was like, that was just an extra layer of conflict. I feel like, um, so Elsie's whole thing is like, fine, you plan it, whatever, but I want to be able to speak at the funeral. And so Susan agrees to that. So they do the funeral and Susan stands up and gives like a really pretty eulogy and tells a story about, you know, talks about Ben and tells a little story about how when he, because Ben was an only child. And so whenever he moved out to go to college, his mom and dad were sad, obviously. And then his dad ended up passing away. And so there was one time when Ben was home visiting and he had gone into the guest bathroom and taken a bar of soap and written a sweet little message on the mirror. And so he told his mom, like, see this way, I'm kind of always with you. And she had left the message up and she's like, no, I'm never going to get rid of it. So they tell a cute story and Elsie's like, okay, I can see how much Ben meant to her in the same way that I he meant to me. Um, and then Elsie stands up and gives a little speech. Which was not very moving. I was no. disappointed. Def- yeah, it was. Yeah, I would agree. I was like, all right, that's uh, that's what you came up with. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And especially after she was so insistent on wanting to speak. Yeah. Like, I would be the person. didn't plan anything. Yes, like I wouldn't want to do that because I would just be up there crying and not being able to speak. Yeah. But to be so insistent and then not have anything prepared is like, why? Yeah. (laughs) But I will say one thing I did appreciate about this book is that I feel like Taylor Jenkins Reid did show, at least in the early stages, like showed her grief really well. Yeah, she did. As far as the feelings of like – like not wanting to eat or move or like not caring, feeling like time isn't passing or it isn't passing normally. I feel like that's very authentic to a grieving person. So I did appreciate that. Um, So they go see like the moments and the potential for her writing, which we've obviously seen now with her more recent books that we love. Yeah. You could see there were hints of the potential to come for sure. It was just, I don't know. The story was. It was like undeveloped. Yeah. And I felt like it was trying to shove too much in like too many, not even tropes, but like things in, I don't know. We'll get onto it. But, uh, so they have the funeral supper and Elsie and Susan interact a little, like kind of civilly, but not anything close, which again, like, is so strange to me yeah but they make it through that and then they kind of go their separate ways and I don't know their their early interactions were very awkward and strained as they were meant to be Um, yeah and throughout all this like the present 
story, you get, you know, little glimpses into Elsie and Ben's relationship, you know, how they met at the pizza place one night and, you know, their little flirtations there and then their first date Mm -hmm. and kind of how their relationship developed, which I like. I love like stories that go back and forth like that, a nonlinear, you know, plot line. Um, yes. much like our podcast but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yes. yeah um so I did like to see how their relationship began as you see her going through her grief so I liked the idea of that yeah because I also love like a nonlinear timeline and back you know flipping back and forth but and I think it was just this book specifically but I felt like I, I wasn't invested in their relationship. Oh, no. I, because I, I knew how it ended. So I'm like, I don't really care about the backstory. I never, yeah, their their relationship never, like, moved me. Which, if you've listened yeah. to any of our previous episodes, you know how I feel about love. <laughs> and you know how I feel about relationships. Uh, but I feel like there are some books um, that can still get you to have a little glimmer. Really? Um, well, I'm this one, this that. was not yeah. it, but <laughs> I feel like I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely seen you get more invested in book relationships. Yeah. And like, this one cared. just like made it more apparent, apparent, like how unreal love is. So, but also this was a very unrealistic timeline with but them, people like, do this all the time. So do like, they really though, like, do they really like, meet and get like married people, within six months? I, yeah. I feel like people move so fast these days. I mean, moving in with each other, getting engaged within a year, getting married within a year and a half. I mean, it blows my mind. But I don't know what you're talking about, but none of the people that I. Facebook. (laughs) Okay, I'm not talking about randos. (laughs) I mean, like in your everyday life of your friends and family who does that. Listen, stitches get stitches. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to name names. <laughs> You'll name names to me after the pod for oh, sure. Yeah. Post record, here we go. But yeah. um yeah, it's their their relationship was not very authentic to me because of how quickly it moved, you know. They went on the first date, they had a great time. Okay, realistic. But then they on their second date, it's like they realized there was like that attraction, that intense attraction, which does happen. It's mm-hmm. called infatuation. Um, and they were like, all right, let's give ourselves a timeline. Cause we both feel like we want this to go fast, but we don't, but like, what if it burns out? Like that's just dating. But right. they were like, all right, we'll give this five weeks. And if we still like each other at the end of the five weeks, then we'll see where this goes. Which I'm like, five weeks is nothing. Well, and I also just thought that was weird because you're right. Like, that's just kind of dating. Like, why did it have yeah. to be such a thing? Like, if you're just, if you're enjoying each other's time, continue to spend time with each other. You don't have to like set a timeline and like define it. All right. Well, at five weeks, what? Yeah. I don't even know if I like somebody at five weeks. That is like, definitely weird. Just in general. <laughs> well, in that's fair. But I also feel like they spent an expedited amount of time together. Like, it felt like yeah, but like even first if or you second see date. each other every day for five weeks, what? why five weeks? I don't know. That just seems like such a short amount of time. Like, and why are you putting a timeline on it? Be like, yeah, like, let's see where this goes. And then do just that. Yeah. It was kind of, it was odd. I mean, the whole relationship was odd. Yeah. But. I will stand on this box all day and be like, why are you like setting this weird timeline? I don't know. I don't know if I would have been as weirded out if they were like three months or something but five weeks is just such a short span of time well and also so I kept forgetting and they were young they were that's like what I was about to say I forgot how young I kept forgetting how young these characters were I was thinking they were like 30s or so no, which they're younger than us makes me feel old by saying they're young and I'm like they're yeah. 26 but 
it's because I'm <laughs> 28, but I'm it's like, it's been a while <laughs> since we've been 26. I know, like, it's one thing if you're 35 and feeling this way because you are older with like more life experience and whatever, but yeah, at 26, I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah, like, I don't know, it just stroke stroke me, <laughs> it just struck me as odd. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it definitely was odd. Um, now so that they, we've talked about this for 10 minutes, we can move on. For real. <laughs> like we said, this is not, if you're here for a linear, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's not good. But. Pour a glass of wine and buckle up. <laughs> for real. Um, so the book, and we talked about this a little bit before, like not a lot happens yeah because it's really just an encapsulation of her grief and their relationship which is so short yeah the backstory of their relationship which we've kind of touched on a lot but um (laughs) elsie eventually like goes back to work she works at a library and she's kind of going through the motions but she hasn't moved any of ben's stuff she is like definitely in the depression side of grief like she hasn't yeah. out any food in the fridge because it was food that ben had brought home and she's like i can't throw away this last piece of him and it's just kind of in a funk naturally of course but she skipped over like the first couple of steps of of grief but yeah, I don't know. Does. I definitely think she puts them in it. She gets them all because she gets pretty angry there for a while. Like she goes out of it. order. I should say. Yeah. Dabda. Yeah. I had to learn that in school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's clinging. She's not moving anything in the apartment, which means she's not cleaning the apartment. And so she just has these constant reminders of Ben, which you want to remember them. You want those reminders to be there, but you don't want them taking over your life to the point where you cannot move on in any way, shape, or form, Mm -hmm. which is a hard step to take, right? In anything, death, breakup, uh, you know, somebody moves away, anything like that. It's hard if you constantly have those reminders of them. Yes. But she... It kind of starts spiraling and like Anna, her friend who we've mentioned is like the best character in the book, is trying to be there as best for her as she can. She puts up with a lot. She puts up with a lot, but eventually even Anna like, I don't even want to say starts to move on, but just starts to draw back and kind of go back to balancing her life versus taking care of Elsie. It kind of reminded me of P.S. I Love You. Yeah. Remember, like, when the friends are kind of like, you know, you just want us all to be sad with you, and we feel like we can't be happy? That's kind of what, that's the point that Anna gets to. Yes, because Anna starts dating this guy, or going out with this guy, and she, back at the very beginning, like, when it's New Year's Day, and they're kind of starting the resolutions, she says she's swearing off guys, she's not going to do any of that stuff, she doesn't believe in it, blah, blah, blah. But now that it's a few months later, she has started going out with this guy. And she and Elsie are going to get together one time. And Anna brings him with to, like, introduce them. And Elsie is just immediately angry because mm-hmm. she's, I like, I think it's a combination of things. Of, like, feeling resentful and jealous that Anna has this new boyfriend while she's alone. And so they get in this pretty bad fight where Elsie just says awful things to her. Yeah. And Anna says some back too, like kind of does like what you talked about of, I, you know, I just because you're sad doesn't mean I can't be happy and blah, blah, blah. And so they get in this big fight, which then I feel like gets glossed over. Yeah. And it's like the next day, Anna's like trying to call her and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean any of that. And Elsie, in all her maturity, just like ignores her. 
Yeah, and Anna apologizes, and Elsie never does. I wrote this down. Like, this bothered me. <laughs> that Underline. she never... Yeah. Because it wasn't just the text. It was, like, the next time Anna saw her, she still apologized. And Elsie never... She even yeah. said in there, like, I know that I should, but I just didn't. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? She never did. That irritated me so much. Yeah. But it's at this point that she and Susan her mother-in-law kind of reconnect doesn't susan does she like stop by or does she call her randomly out of the blue one day yeah and like asks if they can meet for lunch or something yeah because she's obviously she's had a tough time she lost her husband a couple years later she loses her son but then you know in the midst of that news she realizes she has a daughter-in-law so she had to process that Mm-hmm. And I think she comes to the realization that I now have the opportunity to know a person and to get to know a person that knew my son and that loved my son. And she regretted the way that she handled things. Yeah. So they've started lightly reconnecting. And I would say Susan was my next likable character yeah. because she was mature and she tried to, like, put aside her differences or her personal thoughts and, like, wanted to help Elsie through her mm-hmm. grief, even though Elsie at first was not very receptive to it. Um, <clears throat> but Susan helps her, like, pack up some of his things and just is kind of there to check on her and be another person to reach out and yeah, tries to tell her, like, I know what you're – yeah, and tells her, like, I know what you're going through because there's no one else – in Elsie's life that can empathize with her. Like she doesn't really have a good relationship with her parents. Anna has never been through anything like this, Yeah, but Susan has. So she kind of steps in to be that motherly type figure and mentor type figure. But yeah. it's after they pack up Ben's stuff, which she thinks that she's ready for, but it turns out she wasn't. No. Oh my gosh. I forgot about this part. Yeah, because they got everything categorized and, like, keep, throw away, donate, whatever. And Elsie takes a bunch to Goodwill. And it kind of just sets her off. And so she's, like, the next day at work. Well, I think she goes off drinking. Yeah, she, like, runs in the rain. Leaves her car at Goodwill. Runs in the rain to a bar. Gets really drunk. And then doesn't have her keys because they're with her car and she gets and then she like walks home and then Anna has to come let her in and I think that's like the first time they had seen each other in person after their big fight yeah and so I'm like oh okay so you're not gonna apologize to Anna but mm-hmm. when you really need her you're gonna call her to come help you which also back up like who leaves their car their keys in their vehicle right what, whatever <laughs> what are you doing yeah <laughs> but then it's like so the next like Anna comes lets her in she goes back and gets her car, whatever. And then I think it's the next days when she's at work. Yeah. And this part she's... really bothered you. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> she's distracted, stacking shelves, doing whatever. And she literally bumps into a guy. And part of me thought this was going to be a meet cute interaction. I did too. I was like, oh, this is soon. <laughs> yeah. So she meets him, this guy. He's handsome, whatever, tries to talk to her. And she brushes him off and she says something, you know, oh, I'm married, like does the thing. And he just goes, oh, darn. Well, if it doesn't work out with your husband, let me know. And she punches him, like straight up punches him in the face. Yep. And so he insists on calling the cops. And so she gets arrested. And then she's over here wine babying about like he was being a crybaby and he couldn't just shrug it off like a man he had to call the cops and I'm like yeah because you assaulted him in a public place like you don't get to be the victim here (laughs) and so she calls Anna that's the only person whose number she has memorized so Anna comes and picks her up which I'm like that's a good friend because she never got an apology I am a grudge holder though so (laughs) well you know I would be better about it And I ever have to have you bail me out. I need to make sure we don't have any outstanding apologies. No, listen, I would go, but I would just say 
I would make it known that I didn't get the apology and I wanted the apology. Like, I would have no helper. I have no doubt that you would do that. <laughs> See? So Anna bails her out and gets her and then she takes her back home and she's like, um, by the way, I called Susan. Yes. Because Which this Anna like knows of- best. <laughs> yeah because she's like this is out of my league you're kind of unhinged at this point and I thought Elsie would put up a bigger fight but she didn't really because Susan's like why don't you come and stay with me for a little bit and yeah. Elsie's like yeah that sounds good like the library didn't fire her but they didn't want her coming back anytime I was soon. surprised she was not fired yeah like, I was floored same that was another unrealistic part I and I like I punched somebody at work I would get fired actually I know I would get fired <laughs> uh yeah I feel like most sane people would like I know that she's going through a hard time but you can't just like punch people just so you can go around punching people <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh so she goes to stay with Susan for a while and she's staying in Ben's childhood home which has been remodeled um she's not staying in his room but she's staying in the guest room and this is really just a chance for her to reset and kind of have a vacation of like no responsibilities yeah just a lot of like introspection time yes and she and Susan get to bond a little bit more and you know, Elsie starts to realize that this is good for her. It's good for Susan because Susan is very lonely. Like she's lost her, both members of her immediate family. Um, and so they start to like heal together, I guess. Yeah. Susan like makes these extravagant meals and they get massages together. They spend all day laying out in the sun by the pool because they live in California. And I'm just like, this honestly sounds amazing to me. True. Just, but I was also like, like but she's there for like a month. Yeah, she's there for a long time. Which I was like, I get it, but then I also feel like being the homebody I am, I'd be like, I just want to be in my own home. And oh. also I have a bunch of pets. So I'm like, how do you just leave your home for four weeks? Yeah. But yeah, they, you know, talk about Ben and what they think the afterlife is like and they go visit his grave and Susan keeps asking if Elsie's gotten her marriage certificate yet because it's never shown up like that's a whole little subplot throughout the book is that the marriage certificate has never shown up um, and she can't figure out why and Susan keeps telling her to call the courthouse and figure it out and blah 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 and Elsie just keeps resisting um, which I knew there was going to be some little like twist with that it came up too many times for there not to be yes so they kind of go through this healing stage together but then elsie eventually does decide it's time to go back home um but not before she and susan have this big heart to heart about why ben didn't tell susan that he got married because that had that was like the one thing that had bothered her the most because susan and ben were really close especially after his dad died. And so she just couldn't believe that he wouldn't have told her when they got married because he had told her that he was dating this girl, whatever. I didn't even think he, like, told her. I think she vaguely knew he was dating, but not something serious. Right. Huge, 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 huge red flag for me. Like, don't... Which... Really, their whole relationship was just so immature and irresponsible, which we can get into. But, like, the whole – every time, like, after their five-week thing, uh, deadline passed, he was like, all right, like, I guess I should tell my mom. Like, I want to tell her about you. But he kept going back on it because he was like, well, you know, my dad died and she's still, you know – really sad, really alone. So I don't want to make her feel more alone by telling her about this relationship and how happy I am. I don't think she'll, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings or make her feel like I'm not going to be there for her, which I'm like, she wouldn't have seen knowing her now and like getting to know her character. I was like, how do you get to that point of view? But like men. So 
Right. Which, like, I understand that he was trying to be nice, and I think that was supposed to be perceived as thoughtful, but I'm the but same way. Not, I'm like, if, I, if I was in a relationship with someone, and they were like, I love you, let's move in together, and we're talking about our future together, and then after, like, six months or whatever, they're, like, his mom, who he's really close to, still doesn't know about me, I would be calling that into question. Like, yeah. Well, and as a sign of respect to your mom, like, I feel like that's yeah. just rude. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and being thoughtful, he was actually being incredibly rude. Yes. And so he was being casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Except not even being honest because he wasn't being honest yeah, with his mom. <laughs> yeah. He was just being casually cruel instead of being honest. There we go. I love it. I think but we should like, make a goal just, to like work a T Swift in. Oh, I know. At I'm every trying episode. my best here. I'm trying. But like, I don't know. That would make me feel just like not good about the relationship. But let's discuss the relationship as a whole. Like, how we've discussed obviously the weird five week deadline, but just how immature and irresponsible they were the whole time because you texted me about the whole birth control incident yeah I totally forgot about that but once you said irresponsible I was like okay yeah so yeah this got this got me heated yeah (laughs) because there was this whole subplot where like um not that long because okay they've been there for nine days so like probably a month maybe five weeks before Ben died, they had had sex and Elsie's nuvering like fell out. And so they realized they were not protected. Mm-hmm. And so she's freaking out about thinking that she might be pregnant. And he's like being very supportive and he, which I just felt was insincere, but whatever. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, I don't want this, but whatever happens, it'll be fine. We've got this together. Like, well, if if you're pregnant, we'll just run out and get married and move in, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then they continue having sex after knowing yeah. that she does not have her birth control anymore. And I'm just like, like literally how? Morning, yes. After this whole thing, she's like, oh, my God, I love you so much for saying that. And then they have sex. And I'm like, how stupid. How incredibly stupid. So then we flip to the f- present and in the haze of all of the funeral and the grief in the world run, she realizes that she hasn't gotten her period yet and she thinks that she's pregnant. And so I thought this is where the book was kind of going to turn, mm-hmm. but I- it it turns out that she is not pregnant. So she's kind of devastated all over again because like that, that part was her. sad. That was very sad because I was like, that would have been her, like, last chance to have been with her. Yeah. So I did. I fell for her in the present, but past Elsie, I was like, you guys are so stupid. That was, yeah. (laughs) And, like, I don't have patience for that stupidity. It's just, like, yeah, just little moments like that that kept happening where I was like, I I cannot like you guys. Like, it goes against every fiber of my being. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, back to the big question that Susan had was why did my son not tell me because I thought we were so close which had to have been eating away at her Mm -hmm. and I felt so bad because as an overthinker I can't imagine oh yeah and so Elsie finally reveals which I felt like this was supposed to be a bigger reveal than it was but she kind of says well that was actually my fault like he wanted to tell you and I convinced him not to because they ended up eloping to Vegas. And he had said the whole, like, that whole time, oh, can't we just wait? I need to tell my mom. I need to tell my mom. And Elsie was worried that they were going to get, that he was, like, going to get cold feet and it was never going to happen because what, they'd gotten in a little been, argument. Like, five and a half months, girl. Like, what? what the hell what are you so afraid of because well, when he first like was like let's go get married today let's do it let's go to vegas she was like oh well i always imagined like a big wedding with friends and family and then and then she like talked herself into it was like yeah let's go do it this is exciting and they were like so irresponsible and stupid about it. and just like their whole relationship was in the moment which is like good 
mm-hmm. for a bit, but then you need to, you know, start thinking about your life and how your actions affect others. Um, and so she like had convinced herself and hyped herself up. And then, yeah, like you said, on the way to, on the drive to Vegas, he was like, I don't know if I can do this without telling my mom. Which, again, like, I just don't get this because just call her. Like, even if you're on the way to elope, whatever, even if she's going to be mad that you're eloping, just pick up the phone and call her and say, hey, you're never going to guess what I'm doing right now. I think she would be, I don't know, if I did that to my mom, she would be pissed. If As if she had no previous knowledge of the person. Yeah, that's fair. See, that's what I can't relate to that because, like, your mom would be pissed, Sydney. Come on. I don't. If she had no idea you were dating anybody, and then you said, by the way, I'm on my way to get married. Oh, yeah. If she didn't know we were dating, but that's what I'm like. I can't relate to that because I've, you know, always had my boyfriends around my family. Right. So, like, at this point, if I called her and said, hey we're eloping she'd be like okay <laughs> oh yeah this- like have fun send me pictures whatever yeah but yeah to just I think any parent any parent that has a good relationship with their kid if you don't even know that you're dating someone seriously and you've never met them yeah they're gonna be pissed so, but I still feel like that's better than just doing it than just doing it and hiding it which yeah I and never kind telling of the weight of all his dishonesty settled on him at that moment which that's what happens when you put things off right it's gonna come back and bite you yeah but he's still like but her reaction to him being like i don't know if i can do this without telling my mom i feel like if i did that like if i was in that situation i'd be like i would be like well yeah well you should have told her months ago but i'd also be like you're right we should go tell her this is a thing and this is serious but i wouldn't be like if it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. What's going to happen to us? You told me, you know, two hours ago, this is what you wanted and you love me. I don't know. Like, well, I think that just goes off the rails there. Yeah. And I think that just goes back to the immaturity of their relationship. Yeah. Because that is a very immature way to react to that. Like I also, I didn't like that fight scene. I thought it was weird. They were in like, a Burger King or something. And yeah. they were having this discussion. And then she like and started Elsie's yelling at him. Runs outside in the parking lot. And then he's like begging for her to take him back and marry me today. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> That's what I was going to say too. Is that Elsie is really good at storming out. Because she also yes. had stormed out when they were out some other dinner. And she found out that he, ha- yeah. that he had an ex. That was so, so I think Yeah. It was just... Like, that shows her immaturity, and I feel like that shows – I feel like their relationship was a very dramatized, overly dramatized. Yes. It was a very extreme, like, emotions to both extremes. The extreme love and then, like, kind of the -the off-the-rail fights that they had. Well, I just think – like, those are things that you would see happen in a movie where a couple yeah. gets in a fight and she storms out and then they have this big reconciliation. And it's like, that's not how real it shouldn't functioning be. relationships work. Yeah. So that's why I think it was hard for me to be super invested in them. Yeah. Um, but they end up getting married and eloping in Vegas, which I also thought was so cringy. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a throwback to the like Atlas vows where I was just like, no one says this shit. No one <laughs> comes up with this off the cuff when you are in Vegas. And so they have a whole scene of like them going to the, you know, little chapel or whatever and picking out rings there. And the girl is at the front desk is like, well, do you have your marriage license and they're like no she says well you got to go get that first so they go down the street to get that and they're filling out their paperwork which i don't know this is another thing i'm like you're 26 well no definitely that but i was also mentally like okay in illinois i'm pretty sure you have to provide your birth certificate 
when oh, you yeah. go to get you a marriage license. Have... Yeah. So I'm like, did they have any of this prepared? Is this how it works in Vegas? I don't know. But yeah, he, they're filling out their information and Ben can't remember his social security number. I'm like, Is you know how many times you have to fill that out in your adult life? Yeah. So he just guesses and yep. he's like, it's either 318 or 381, but I think it's this one. And she's like, well, whatever, just write it down. Which, again, that just <laughs> invalidated him as a human to me because I'm like, how? You're a functioning <laughs> – you are a functioning adult, supposedly with jobs and an apartment and everything. Like, how do you not know your social social security number? That just irritated me. Oh, yeah. Children. They were children. Yes. So they do the whole thing and – Susan, you know, Elsie kind of tells the story to Susan about how she was the one that stopped Ben from telling her and blah, blah, blah. And they have this big heart to heart. And, and Susan that- had a very realistic and appropriate reaction. Very similar to me because she's like, I'm trying so hard here. Like, I'm trying to like you. I'm trying to get to know you, but you make it so hard. Yeah, which is fair. Like, yes. Susan was definitely the most realistic yeah she's like I I get that you don't have a good relationship with your parents and I'm sorry but like why are you bringing that drama to other people I was like thank you Susan thank you (laughs) but then she just like sleeps it off and then wakes up and is like oh yeah maybe I overreacted I think she was like she approached it like in a healthy way you know she was like I realize that's not what you meant to do and you know, it's not like she never wanted to see her again. Like you said, she's like, you didn't mean it as anything against me, but I just wish you hadn't done it. Yeah. Which is valid. Yeah. But it's kind of at this point when they, Elsie decides like, okay, I think I've had enough time here. I'm ready to go back to my apartment and kind of start living my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they go and visit Ben's grave and talk to him there a little bit. And then that's when they decide to part ways and Elsie goes back home. It was cute and, though they parted and, but she was like, do you want to grab dinner at, you know, our favorite place on Friday? So it's like, they're still going to stay in touch and have that relationship, which I think they yes. both need. Yes. And I liked that because again, that, it feels more realistic to like, you still want to keep in touch with people, even though they don't have a Ben as the connection physically here anymore. Like they're still together forever. Um, And before, I don't remember exactly what part this is, but Susan had said something about like, I went down to the bank and took care of Ben's accounts And I just want you to know that, like, I'm giving it all to you. You were his wife. You know, you've proven to me how much you loved him, blah, blah, blah. And so then it's like whenever Elsie gets home a few days later, this check has appeared. They still haven't gotten the marriage certificate. Right. She keeps hunting for. But she has gotten this check from his bank. For $14,000. And that's like what all of his, I don't know, assets, I guess, total out to be. And so that's been put in her name. And so she, I thought she was going to do an Izzy Stevens and like not cash it forever and ever. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. Which she does kind of, she does like pause and wait to open it. Yeah. But she pretty quickly decides what she wants to do with it, which... This is where <laughs> this is where I got even more annoyed. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this. Okay. Okay. So she goes down to the bank and she cashes it. She oh, cashes $14,000. And the teller is kind of looking at her like, what? And she's like, there was so- the bills were so big, they had to put them in multiple envelopes. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And she runs to the bookstore, and I'm like, where is she going with this? Like, I thought it was going to be she uses the money to, like, start her own business and blah, blah, blah. No. She goes to the young adult section, buys all of it as much as she can, Mm -hmm. 
and donates it to the library that she works at to their young adult section with the caveat that whenever the books start to smell musty, they have to donate them to another library because that was Ben's thing is that he liked young adult novels and he didn't like library books because they smelled bad. <laughs> and Which obviously we disagree. Obviously. I, I, listen, I approve of the supporting the library thing, but to just, first of all, cash it all, absolutely not. Invest something, invest part of it and let that money work for you and go, but okay. And then to just, I just couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't handle it. The fact that it, the way it was written, she literally just took $14,000 cash to a Barnes and Noble and bought as many books as she could and then donated them to the library. Like yeah. you could have, you could have done that in so many better ways. Yes. <laughs> you could have helped multiple libraries on that. Like, yeah. yeah. If you had or you thought this out, which she clearly doesn't think anything through. Yeah. There were so many different things she could have done. And it was, it was supposed to be touching because then it was like the Ben Ross young adult section, which she told, she called Susan and told her what she did, which Susan, instead of being like, you could have done this a better way. She was like, you know what? I'm going to like contribute as well, but like a continuous contribution. So it became the Ross family young adult section. Which like, okay, I understand the symbolism of it, but I'm still (laughs) just like, First of all, invest half of it, spend half of it and leave the other half so that you can continue to buy books later on. And then two, are you not going to like check the library to see what books are needed? Because what if you just added 12 copies of a book they already have five copies of? Like why? Yeah. (laughs) Just the impracticality of it all ate me up. But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) And so it kind of ends with a call that Elsie gets from the, like, Nevada, I don't know. The Vegas marriage certificate people, I don't know. Yeah, county clerk office or whatever. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we've been trying to get – a hold of you and Ben because there was a problem filing your certificate because he used the wrong social security number and like we have been calling and calling him and we can't get a hold of him. And so then Elsie has to like, this is her biggest fear come true is that they never were actually legally married. And so this girl's like, well, she kind of explains the whole thing. Um, And the girl's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? And she said, I like, I can still file it if you want, if you have the right information. And so Elsie's like, yeah, just switch the number. You know, it's 318 instead of 381 or whatever and go ahead and file it. Which, again, I get why she did this. Yeah. Because she wants to feel like that their marriage was valid and that it happened but from a practicality standpoint, I was just like, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, she put so much stock in their relationship and in their marriage and not enough stock in who she was herself as a person. And I think absolutely that really bothered me because you go, which I love to see the growth of an author. And she, TJR went from Elsie to... Evelyn Hugo and Carrie Soto, who are both badass mm-hmm. independent women, which we love to see. But it just, not, it was not what I was expecting. Elsie was not the main character I was expecting. No. And I just feel like, okay, so now you've filed this marriage certificate. And just from a legal standpoint, that just seems like it adds so many extra steps because I, I could get it if it was like, we can't turn his assets over to you until you have it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that happened before. Like, she's well, already got... got them and sent them to her. Yeah. So I'm like, why do you need... I don't know. I guess it just felt like a big headache. 
Yeah. If 10 years down the road, you decide to get married elsewhere, like now are you going to have to file paperwork that that marriage was ended? No, because I don't think you should do that. I know, but if they're filing it at the time, like I, I guess I took it as they would have filed it backdated to when it was supposed to be. Because why would you file a certificate with someone who's dead? Can you even yeah, do that? Because it was submitted before he died, it would still be like a legal thing. But you don't have to like, I, do you have to fill out paperwork if your spouse dies and you want to get married down the line? I don't think you do. I don't know. It just seemed like a big headache. And I was just like, why? Because you're right. It feels like she's putting, she's still putting the validation of their relationship on other people and on external things versus just knowing in her heart that like they were married and it happened. Yeah. You don't need the external validation. I just thought that was weird. I don't know. No, I agree. It was weird. And that's how it ends. She. Yeah. She gets. The marriage certificate legalized and then it ends on their like the past, like the morning after their wedding in Vegas and waking up together. And Ben's basically like, you know, we have our whole lives ahead of us. Yeah. And then it ends. There were so there was a lot of promise. There was a lot of potential for this book. It was just undeveloped. Yeah. And I think were tainted by having read oh, some of yeah. her, her new and really developed. Like, you can clearly see the growth of TJR yes. as an author, like, from this book to some of her newer works. Absolutely. So I think we're tainted by going backwards a little bit. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm not saying don't read it. No, no, it's just... People would enjoy this book. It just wasn't... I'm going to yeah. give you my honest opinion on books and that this whole episode was my honest opinion yeah and especially if you are like a romance gravity like you gravitate towards romance you probably would like this book because that's what it geared to be if you believe in love you probably (laughs) like this book (laughs) if you have a really unrealistic belief in love I guess we'll say that because I believe in love but I still (laughs) didn't really drive with this book because it was very unrealistic to me But you said there was your copy had like discussion questions at the end, and there's one. Oh yeah. Um, I did so not have questions in mind. I'm glad you remembered that. So, yeah, I read this on my Kindle because it was 1.99, but I had already requested it from the library. So then I felt bad because they shipped it in special from another library so I'm like well I have to go pick it up (laughs) like I can't cancel it now so I went and picked it up and never actually opened the hardcover except um the back had yeah discussion questions and number two was like how do you feel about the timeline of Elsie and Ben's relationship and I just cackled (laughs) no (laughs) because I knew I was like oh man I wish that this was a book club page was in because I just knew you would not jive with that. <laughs> as as yeah, as you may have, you know, you've gotten that hint from my ten minute rant earlier about this. <laughs> yeah, which I just want to know: is there someone that does think that that's acceptable? Because yeah, no, it's I'm worried about you if you do, and maybe yeah. you shouldn't be dating. Yeah, well, it's. I'll even give you this. Like, it's one thing to want to be engaged that early. Like, it's a stretch for me personally, but I can understand. But to be actually married, signed, sealed, delivered, which I guess they weren't, but still, (laughs) in six six months from meeting a person, that's bananas. That's absolutely bananas. I cannot. Yeah. So that's our take on Forever Interrupted. Yeah. Um, interesting read. <laughs> yeah. Interesting relationship. Anna and Susan, you guys were the MVPs and the most realistic characters, I think. I'm flipping back. So now that I finished that book, our next pod book is on audiobook. So I don't have an actual physical book that I'm like reading right now. So I'm trying to finish Daisy Jones and the Six, which is another Taylor Jenkins read book that so far is very good. So I 
I'm kind of cleansing my palate with Daisy yeah. Jones and the Six <laughs> and like getting back into the swing of what I expected. Yeah. It pains me to say I got that one at the same time as Forever Interrupted. And I didn't get a chance to read it and I had to return it because other people mm. have it on hold. Bummer. I know I'll still have to put my name back down. It'll probably be another couple months before I get it. That's a bummer. We definitely like chose wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy Jones is good discussion. That's true. This gave us a lot of good content to talk yeah. about. But yeah, well, that wraps it up. We are back next week, I think, is when I've super been looking forward to. Yes, since we um, started this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I've planned this. The calendar just worked out well for this. So that's it your did. hint if you have paid attention <laughs> to what we've shared on our Instagram page of what books we're doing. Um, I'm super excited for this book because it's one of my favorites. So be sure to tune in next week and listen to that. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Life and Lit Pod. It's where we do some book content, talk about the books we're going to be doing and interact with everybody. You can send us an email at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to follow us on whatever platform that you're listening to. Hit the subscribe button. And if you would, leave us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. And we will be back next week with another great pick. So until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Mm -hmm.